Hey everyone, welcome to the Frontline Community Church Podcast. My name is Carol Ann Flood, and I'm the worship director here at Frontline in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Our mission is simple, to see zero people unchanged by Jesus. So whether you've been following Jesus your whole life, or your journey has just begun, we hope that this message will help you draw near to the person of Jesus, be challenged and encouraged by His Word, and be moved to action. We hope these next few moments are a blessing to you and equip you to see who God really is and who you are in Him. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. Good to be back with you again. I hope you guys are having a great summer. Um, if you're watching with us online, uh, welcome. I, my family and I actually were watching online the last couple of weeks as we've been on vacation and we've been traveling a lot. And so um, even if you've been on vacation, if you, even if you haven't been here uh, every week, I hope that you're taking the time to, to stay connected with us online and staying with us as we work our way through these 12 spiritual disciplines for the 12 weeks of summer. We've been talking about 12 different spiritual disciplines that help us care for the most important part of us, our soul, and deepen and enrich our relationship with Jesus. And so we've talked about several different spiritual disciplines over the summer. The spiritual discipline we are looking at and talking about today is submission. Submission is the spiritual discipline we're talking about today. And I mean, who doesn't want to talk about submission, right? I mean, you probably woke up this morning like, man, I hope today is submission. I, I, I mean, it's just it, not controversial at all. I've never gotten any emails about, you know, a message that dealt with submission. Um, somehow I, I feel like, I, some, how did I get these, uh, some of these spiritual disciplines? But I'm actually really excited to talk about it this morning because there is a truth with submission. If you get it, if you understand it, it can be such an incredibly rich blessing in your life and in your relationship with God if you can really understand uh, what we're going to talk about, the biblical truth around the idea of submission. So I'll, I'll introduce it, the idea to us in this way. Um, this is my lawnmower. This, I, I love this lawnmower. I've had this lawnmower, no joke, for probably uh, about a decade. And clearly I love it enough that I took a picture of it. Um, uh, this lawnmower I, uh, is just such an incredible uh, piece of work. This red Toro lawnmower. I love mowing my lawn. Uh, it's something I really enjoy doing. I don't know if it's just because I'm a pastor and you get so few clear indications, you know, if you're hitting the mark. And, and like, I love mowing because it's like there's that line, you know. And it's like, man, there's what I've done and what I haven't done yet. It's just a beautiful thing. Anybody else, do you, do you enjoy mowing your lawn? Okay, I've got a few other weirdos in the room. That's uh, good. Maybe online as well. Um, my neighbor, always, like when I was mowing my lawn yesterday, my neighbor regularly will say to me, uh, you've got these four boys in your house, these four large, you know, grown kids in your house. Why are you out mowing your lawn? And I say the same thing to him every single time. I say, because they do it wrong. That's why. <laughs> And I actually care about it. And so if I send one of them out there to do it, I end up going out and having to mow the lawn myself again and go out, you know, fix what they did. I love mowing the lawn. I love my lawnmower so much, I've decided that for all its years of faithful service to me, I'm going to give my lawnmower a special treat. I'm going to fill the gas tank with chocolate syrup. I mean, let, let, we can all agree, right? Like chocolate syrup is more fun than gasoline, uh, it tastes better, I can tell you that, sadly, from experience. That's another story, uh, not for right now. Um, I mean, it's just a real treat. It's, it's much better to have chocolate syrup than gasoline, correct? Now, if I do that, if I fill my gas tank with chocolate syrup, what's going to happen to my lawnmower? Talk back to me. What's going to happen? It's going to destroy the lawnmower, right? It's going to break it. Why? 
It's because my lawnmower's freedom to function properly requires submission to the laws of we'll call it lawnmower functionality, right? There was a manual that came with that lawnmower. I still have it. And in that manual, if you open it up, it says very, very clearly, only use unleaded gasoline in the tank. You can't put diesel fuel in the tank of the lawnmower. You can't put a mixture of gas and oil. And you cannot put chocolate syrup in the gas tank as much as you might think that would be fun. If you want the lawnmower to run correctly, It's freedom to perform correctly requires you to submit to only unleaded fuel in the gas tank. Now you say that's a that's a ridiculous, silly illustration. Yes, it is, you're right. But but it illustrates the idea we're the same way. You and I are the same. We are only able to live a full life that God created us to live and experience if we are willing to embrace submission to the way that He created us and what He called us to be. Now that simple idea really, really bumps up against one of the base desires that we operate from. In fact, I would say as Westerners, as Americans living in the 21st century, it's one of our highest ideals. It's one of the things that we cling to and that we champion the most. It's this base desire, this base value. I want freedom, right? I want freedom. I want options, choices, Unlimited opportunities. I don't want anyone telling me what I should be doing or how I should be doing it. I don't want anybody claiming authority over me in my life. See, we think submission in some way limits us. We think it weakens us. We think it violates our rights. We think it weakens our freedoms and it shrinks us in some way. And so we don't like it. Uh, We tend to push back against it. Of all the spiritual disciplines, we probably have the most strong reaction to the idea of submission. And yet, as a Christian, when you go to the New Testament of the Bible and you begin to learn, like, what does it mean to follow Jesus? I made a list, actually. You you find this idea of submission. It just pops up again and again and again. Go ahead. Um, We're called to submit to God in James 4. Ultimately, we we have to submit our lives to God if we're going to be a follower of Christ. Um, We're also called to submit to political authorities, Romans 13. Now, of course, uh, you know, that that submission to political authorities, as long as it doesn't contradict our ultimate submission to God. And you could say that about all the ones that I'm about to to read here. Um, Also, we're called to submit to church leadership, Hebrews 13. Uh, We're called to submit in marriage. Colossians 3 talks about that. And then we're actually also called to submit to one another in the body of Christ. As Christians, we live in mutual submission to one another out of our ultimate submission or reverence for Jesus Christ. So leave that list up there just for a minute. Take a look at that. Ouch. (laughs) If something isn't, if there isn't something on that list, there's something in you rising up a little bit right now. Like something's chafing a little bit against you. And you're like, what about that one right there? If if that's not happening inside of you right now, I would almost say you're not a good Western American in the 21st century. (laughs) We don't like this, do we? I mean, we look at this list and we go, wait a minute, what about my rights? What about my freedoms? What about my options? What, What about... The life that's guaranteed to me. How, how in the world do you expect me to really submit in all these areas? That's going to weaken my life. It's going to lessen my life. So here's the truth I want you to get this morning. And, and I'll admit, it's a little bit of a, of a pill that's hard to swallow. But I'm telling you, if you, can, if you can understand this truth, it will unlock submission for you. 
It will help you understand why a good God who loves you deeply would ask you for submission in your life. And it'll help you understand why submission is actually one of the most beautiful gifts and greatest blessings you can enter into in your life. Here's the truth. Here's what it is. Every single one of us in this room and every single one of us watching online, you're already submitting to something. Something already has the title of your heart. Something already has the title to your heart. In other words, you're already submitting to something. This idea that, that we are totally autonomous, that we're totally free, that, that nothing is, is um, you know, claiming authority over us is absolutely an illusion. You say, well, what are you talking about? Uh, if I want to know what already has the functional title to your heart, if I, already want, if I want to know what you're already kind of submitting to, if you're married, all I have to do is talk to your spouse. <laughs> Right? If you're married, you know this because they resent that thing, don't they? You hear it all the time. Husbands will say, you know, my wife, it's her mother's opinion. That's what she really listens to, right? Like I can say stuff all day. It doesn't matter until her mother says it. Or or wives will say things like, you know, it's my husband's job. That's his real mistress. That's his real love of his life. I'm not, you know, primary to him. Or, or husbands will say, uh, you know, the, it's the kids. My wife will just run around, do everything for the kids. Their needs always come first, and, I, and, and you know, I come second. Or wives will say, you know, it's, it's his buddies. You know, he goes hunting and fishing with them. You know, he, he spends all this money, you know, going with them. That's who he really cares about. I, I would tell you, if you want to know what has the functional title to your heart, talk to, if you're married, your spouse, if you're single, it's the, the people you live with. It's the people who are in close enough proximity to you to where they see you and live with you on a regular basis. They probably already know. Something already has the functional title to your heart. Something in your life, you're already submitting and yielding yourself to it. Okay, now maybe you're sitting there right now going, oh, come on, that's not true. I, I'm, I don't, there's no, okay, yeah, I, there are things I like, there are things that I'll, I'm willing to spend money and time on and all that, but that doesn't mean that I'm submitting to it. Okay, okay, fine. Maybe you're the one person in all of humanity that's, that doesn't have something that you're already submitting to, but you will. You will submit, won't you? Eventually, all of us. The process of aging and eventually the, pro- the process of death, every single human being is eventually going to submit to. You're, you're gonna submit whether you like it or not. Life, given enough time, will eventually take all your options and all your freedoms away from you. Welcome to church. Are you happy you're here this morning? (laughs) Are you happy you tuned in online today? It's a hard pill to swallow, isn't it? It's, 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 It's hard to embrace that truth, but it is the truth. We're all submitting whether we want to to admit it or not, uh, eventually or, or even right now. But here's the hope. Here's the mitigating virtue. Here's the thing that that we can point ourselves toward that gives us hope. You have a choice. If you still have breath in your lungs, if you're still awake today, if you're still able to function, you have a choice right now. You have a choice of what you ultimately submit to. You You get a say in what gets sacrificed. You get a say in where you put your energy, where you put your life, and where you submit and yield your life to. You get a choice. And here's what I want to convince you of this morning. I'm going to spend the rest of the sermon desperately trying to convince you that Jesus is really the only worthy option for you to submit to. Jesus is the only good option in this world to submit to. He's the only option that will actually bring any ultimate and eternal hope. You're already submitting to something. Something already has the title to your heart. 
And eventually all of us submit to age, we submit to death. And because of that, Jesus is really the only worthy option. He's the only thing that's worth surrendering your life to and allowing to have the functional title to your heart and your life. And Jesus actually included this in his invitation to us. When Jesus invited us to follow him, when he invited disciples to come after him, this is one of the most famous passages in all the New Testament, all the Gospels. If you grew up in church, you've heard this passage a million times. Jesus in Matthew 11, he's inviting his disciples to follow him. He says this, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What's Jesus talking about here? He's using this term. He's saying, take my yoke upon you. For my my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Uh, Jewish rabbis in the first century uh, would talk regularly. This was a metaphor they, they would use regularly. They would talk about their yoke of Torah. So every Jewish rabbi had a, a yoke, uh, their way of understanding the Torah. The Torah is the law of Moses, the first five books of the Bible, the 613 laws that made up uh, the, the law for the Old Testament. Every rabbi had this yoke, this way of, of living Torah, this way of understanding Torah, and they would offer this. Now, of course, we know that's a, a reference to, the yoke is a reference to, go ahead, if you will, um, to this piece of equipment, right? How many of you have ever seen one of these uh, in real life? Yes, some of you. If you've grown up around a farm or whatever, you've probably seen some version of this. A yoke was a, it was a tool of submission. That's what it was. It was a tool where two oxen or two uh, animals would be put in the two different places in the yoke and they would be used to plow, to pull a plow or to pull uh, a carriage or to pull some burden or some weight, whatever it was. So let's be very, very clear about this. This is a tool of submission. If you're an animal and you come into one of these yokes, if you're put on it, you can't just decide, I'm going to go over here. That's what I'm going to do. You can't decide, I'm just going to stop. You can't just go faster. You have to submit yourself and go with. And Jesus says, I have a yoke. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus says. Submit your life to me. Yield yourself to me and I will give you rest. What was so revolutionary about Jesus' invitation when he, said, when he talked about his yoke and what it meant to submit to him is he, he didn't say, hey, you know, put my yoke on you and I'm gonna teach you how to really accomplish a lot of things in your power. I'm gonna give you, like, when you, if you put, you know, I used to like read that passage and think, man, Jesus is saying, if you yoke up with me together, the two of us, we'll get a whole lot more stuff done. <laughs> you know, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, when you yoke up with me, when you submit your life to me, you'll find rest because I'm the one that carries the weight. I'm the one that bears the burden. Listen to me very closely. Jesus is the only thing that you can submit your life to that will deliver on that promise. Whatever else you submit your life to, it's not gonna bring you rest. If you're yielding your life to money, Money will not give you any rest. It'll just be endless toil and endless burden. If you're yielding your life to your job, to your career, or even to a relationship, even marriage, as wonderful as marriage is, you're not going to find rest. The only worthy thing that you can submit your life to is Jesus, and that is the only, he is the only one who can give you rest when you do that. When you allow Jesus to put his name on the title of your heart, 
your burden becomes his. He's the one that carries it. My son, Andrew, he's, he's 19. He has this old junky car uh, and it's for the last like year we've been patching like holes in the gas tank. It like leaks gas. And so we keep patching it. Well, this past week it just dumped a bunch of gas on the ground. And so our mechanic said, I can't patch this thing anymore. You got to, you need a whole new gas tank, whole new gas tank for this car. It is an expensive thing that has to be done. And as stressful as that is for Andrew, cause it's his car that he has to drive all the time. If you open up the title to that car and you look at the title of that car, guess whose name is on the title of my 19 year old son's car? Mine. It says Brian Bloom right on that title. So yes, while it might be stressful for him that his car needs a new gas tank, the ultimate burden (laughs) of who has to fix that car is the guy whose name is on the title. What Jesus is saying is, let me put my name on the title of your heart. So whatever burdens you have, whatever things are happening in your life, they become my burdens. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus says. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light, but don't miss it, it's still a yoke. It still requires submission to Jesus. Now, you hear that and you just go like, what a crazy claim. It was revolutionary, even for Jewish rabbis in Jesus' day to make a claim like that. How could Jesus make a claim like that? What you see over and over and over when you go to the Gospels, you know, and a way to understand this passage of Scripture is, is Jesus uses the language, he says, take my yoke upon you. He calls it my yoke. Now, there's one, one way that you could understand that passage, one way that you can read it, and people have read it this way, is Jesus is literally saying, take my yoke. This yoke, Jesus is saying, I'm yoked with the Father. I have this yoke. I have this relationship. I'm submitted and yielded to the Father. And Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you. I'm going to literally let you in on the exact same kind of relationship that I have with the Father. Over and over again in the, in the Gospels, Jesus talks about his submission and yielded to the Father. He reminds his disciples again and again and again that anything you see me doing, whatever you see me doing, it's out of my submission to the Father. Again, I, I make kind of a list here. In the Gospel of John, you see statement after statement. Listen, these are, this is Jesus in the Gospel of John. The Son can do nothing of himself, he says. I have come not to do my own will, My teaching is not mine. I have not come of myself, but he sent me. I seek not my own glory. The words you hear are not mine. I could have made an even longer list, but you get the idea. This is Jesus speaking. The miracle worker, the healer, the teacher, the enlightened one. Jesus is saying, it's not me. Whatever you're watching me do, it's not me. It's because I'm yoked. I'm submitted. I'm yielded. To the Father. Even in death, even when Jesus was facing the cross, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, remember his prayer? He says, Take this cup from me, Lord, but not my will, but yours be done. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 5 writes about that moment. Uh, Verses 7 through 9 says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, he, Jesus, became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Do you know what that's saying? 
What that's saying is literally Jesus submitted. Jesus yielded his, yielded his life. Jesus offered himself up on the cross. That's the gospel message is that Jesus obeyed and, and, and was obedient and submitted to the Father and obeyed on the cross in a way that you and I could never do in our own power. And therefore, he is the only one who can offer us eternal life. As, as a great preacher I, I heard once said, he said, if you go to the story of the Bible, the Bible begins with God saying to Adam, the first man, he said, obey me, submit to me, and you will live. And Adam does not submit to God, and death enters our world. And so in the New Testament, God says to Jesus, submit to me, and you will die. And Jesus does it. He obeys, he submits, and life enters our world and becomes possible for us through the person of Jesus, that when we put our faith and our trust in Jesus, when we submit our lives to him, he gives us life. Now, here's the problem with that. And this is where it gets a little dicey. The problem with that is that a lot of us, so far, a lot of this message, you're going, that sounds great. Jesus obeyed, he submitted for me, you know, on my behalf, so it's all good. But again, Jesus invites us to take his yoke upon us. So here's the big problem with this whole concept of submission is that many people will claim the name of Christ, but they haven't taken his yoke upon them. So many people will say, yeah, I, I like Jesus. I, I love the grace he offers me. I love the forgiveness. I, I love the sense of his comfort, his abiding presence, but, but they haven't taken his yoke upon them. They haven't really yet yielded their life and submitted their life to Jesus. What do I mean by that? I mean, they won't let him confront their idols. They won't let him challenge their ideas of what's right and what's wrong morally. They won't let the Holy Spirit convict them of areas of sin where they need to repent. A lot of people, they talk about Jesus like, Jesus is wonderful. They talk about him like he's their cosmic bro. He's their cosmic friend. He's their cosmic boyfriend who just kind of sweeps in and, oh, I love him because he just comes. And when I'm sad, he gives me a hug and he's there for me. And then, and then I feel better and I feel comforted. And then he just kind of floats off into the universe again. Yeah, I, I love some of the old hymns. Like, we don't sing about this uh, anymore. A lot of the, the worship songs we sing are kind of this Jesus is my boyfriend stuff. I don't, I'm not saying that about anything we sang this morning. But um, I love some of the older hymns. I, I didn't grow up in the church singing hymns, but I've come to them later in life. But so many of them talk about Jesus, his dominion, his reign, his power, his authority, his kingdom. He's a king with a kingdom. Do you know that Jesus do you know Christ in that way? I love um, C.S. Lewis, one of the greatest spiritual writers. In, in his spiritual autobiography, it's called Surprised by Joy. He talks about his journey from being a committed atheist to where he became a Christian. I, I've always loved this line. C.S. Lewis said this in, in Surprised by Joy. Amiable agnostics will talk cheerfully about man's search for God. To me, they might as well have talked about the mouse's search for the cat. <laughs> Do you get what that's saying? You know, mice don't, mice don't search for cats, right? Cats hunt mice. That's what happens. What he's saying is, you know, sometimes if you think you're searching for God and when you find God, he, he's like this construction of all your opinions, all your preferences, all your wants. He just does everything you want him to do and looks exactly the way you want him to look. He said, that's not God. 
God is searching for us. He's hunting us down. And when you really encounter God, when you really meet him, what you find out is God is completely other than us. He's holy, like we've just been singing about. He, he's, he doesn't agree with all your opinions. He doesn't vote the same way you do. He doesn't fit neatly into one of two political parties. He, he, do, he doesn't tolerate the same sins in your life that you're willing to tolerate. He is God as he truly is in all his power and all his majesty. If, if you can't remember the last time that God came to you and, and the Holy Spirit convicted you of an area of sin in your life where you knew you needed to repent, you needed to change, you needed to ask for forgiveness, you needed to seek reconciliation. This past week for me, there was a moment like that where I just realized, man, I need to go and ask forgiveness here. If you can't remember the last time the Holy Spirit convicted you of an area in your life where you needed to sin and where you needed to, to deal with sin in your life, if that's never happened before in your life, I would submit to you gently that Jesus is your cosmic bro. That's what he is. He's your cosmic boyfriend. He is not your savior yet. Just take my yoke upon you. Submit to me. Yield yourself to me. Is it scary? Yes. Do you have control? No, he does. But when you do that, you find that he's good and that he brings rest, he brings life, he, he brings true life into our lives. We were talking in our teaching team this past week and we were, we were reflecting on submission and I hadn't thought about this until one of the other guys said this, but um, if you think about submission, it's kind of the hinge point of all the other spiritual disciplines we've been talking about. You think about this, you know, we've talked about all these other spiritual disciplines like fasting. Fasting was a spiritual discipline we talked about. Maybe you find it hard to fast, and, but the reason is because you are unwilling to submit food to God. It's an area that you, you want to hang on to. Maybe prayer is hard for you. Maybe the idea of coming to a prayer night or whatever, and you're just like, no, that's not a spiritual discipline I want. I just, I'm not a prayer. And the reason really is because you're unwilling to submit your time to God. I'm too busy. I have too much going on. I can't, I don't have time to pray. Um, maybe simplicity. That was one of the spiritual disciplines we talked about. Maybe that one's hard for you. And maybe if you're really honest, maybe the reason it's hard for you is because you're unwilling to submit your stuff, your possessions, your wealth, your lifestyle to Jesus. See, every one of these spiritual disciplines, they, they require us at some level or another to submit. Study, I mean, that was another one. Study, meditation was another one. Maybe you find study and meditation hard because you're unwilling to submit to the authority of God's word and what it says in your life. So with each one of these spiritual disciplines, what we've tried to do at the end of each one of these messages is we've tried to say, okay, um, you know, what's a practice? How do we make this practical? How, what's a way to practice the spiritual discipline? I'll be honest with you, I don't have like a way to practice uh, you know, the spiritual discipline of submission. I'm not sure exactly how to do that, but I know that I need regular gut check times in my life. I know there, I have to have these regular moments where I just sort of look and introspectively, it's sort of a gut check moment. I wonder if that's just the way we need to end today. So consider this your invitation to a gut check moment. And the question I'd love for us just to spend some time reflecting on, we're just gonna leave this slide up for a bit. Where in your life are you resisting his authority? Where in your life are you resisting his authority? Where, where do you need to take his yoke upon you? Where do you need to submit? 
You say, well, how do I know? How, how do I know where in my life? Uh, I don't know what it is for you, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you how I know. I'll tell you for me. Uh, I, I can usually tell one of those areas in my life, because this is an ongoing journey. It's, it's not something you just solve. Uh, I can always tell where in my life I'm resisting God's authority because that place is not a place of rest in my life. It's not a place of health. It's not a place of, it's a place where I'm striving. It's a place where I'm trying to control the outcome. It's a place where I'm working. It's a place where there's toil, where there's burden. Those are usually the places in my life and those gut check moments where I need to come back and just go, Lord, I just need to submit to you. I need to take your yoke upon me. I need to come to you. I'm weary. I'm heavy laden. I'm burdened and I need your rest. I need to rest in you. I need to let you take over. Um, so we're going to take a moment and reflect on this. Uh, before we do, I'll, I'll close with this. Um, one of the greatest spiritual mentors in my life uh, was my youth pastor. David Kujawa was his name. We, we all called him Kujo. And uh, Cujo was the guy who discipled me. I, I accepted Christ as a teenager, and he was really that first kind of person in my life who discipled me and who, uh, who brought me into, um, you know, understanding the Bible and understanding my relationship with Christ. He's a spiritual giant in my life. And uh, Cujo, at age 57, he got brain cancer, and over the course of about a year or so, he, he died of brain cancer. And so I went to his funeral in Ohio a couple of years ago. And I, I was sitting in his funeral. And I'll never forget his family as they were talking about him and talking about this spiritual giant in their lives and uh, in the church. Um, they talked about how in the last year of his life, while he was dying of brain cancer, he would say regularly, I'm, I'm just so thankful for this cancer. I'm so thankful for this cancer. And, and they would say, what do, you, what do you mean? You're thankful for cancer. And what they regularly heard him say in the last year of his life was he would say regularly, you know, I thought I was submitted. I thought I was fully devoted. I thought I had surrendered everything in my life to Jesus and I was walking with him. But then I got this cancer and I realized, his words for it, I realized that my heart, there were parts of my heart that had not been fully burned away so he talked in the last year of his life as he's dying of brain cancer he was talking about this incredible peace that he was experiencing this incredible uh, abiding presence of Jesus that was so close in ways that he never he, was, he would just say like I've never experienced this in my entire life I've never experienced the presence of Jesus so close I'm so thankful I'm so thankful I got to experience this in my life that's the power of submission when you submit yourself to Jesus and again he's the only worthy option for you to submit your life to when you submit yourself to Jesus what you will find eventually as he burns every part of your heart away every part of everything else away is you'll realize that there is nothing else in this world that can claim authority over you any longer not even death when you've submitted yourself to the one who's conquered death who's conquered it all there's nothing else that can claim authority over you. Come to me, Jesus said. Take my yoke upon you, submit your life to me, and you will find rest. So I just want to take a moment, take 30 seconds to a minute, just wrestle with this question, maybe in the quietness of your own heart. Where in your life are you resisting authority? Maybe, maybe for you, the answer is my whole life. 
Maybe you've never come to a place in your life where you've submitted your life. You've, you've resisted Jesus with everything in you. You've never let him be Lord of your life. Maybe in the next few minutes, you just say, Jesus, I come to you. I, I confess you as Lord of my life. You get to run it. The burden is yours to bear, not mine any longer. message encouraged you in seeing who God is and who you are in him. If you want to take a next step, visit frontlinegr.com forward slash connect. We look forward to connecting with you there and we'll see you back here next week.